Season two of the Patent JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Right. It's Patent JT on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also, you can text us at 402 403 9478. Replying to texts um, a lot more frequently now than we did in the past when it was like two two years between responses so yeah we have a team now that does that or no response or 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 no zero response we have a team now so it's not on me yeah exactly so dan hoppin hasn't been on the show in a long time like way too long way too long um and we we started talking we said wait we got to save this for the podcast because mm-hmm. this is this is all too juicy, but we wanted to talk to you because we wanted to find out how you were doing, how your podcast is doing, uh, restaurant hopping, um, and what's going on there, and and what's going on in Dan's life. So welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> it's an honor to be back. It really is. <laughs> so let's let's go back of when this all started. Yeah, and when your podcast started, October twenty nineteen. Predates the Jeez. pandemic. Yeah, Whoa. it doesn't seem like it's two and a half years old, but it is now. And yeah. okay, I'm, I'm actually glad it predated the pandemic because we got to see what your show was like before. And then going through the pandemic, experiencing what the restaurants and the chefs were experiencing in that terrible three months when it was really like, who knows what's going on at the beginning of that. Being able to hear their stories through your show was pretty awesome. And helping them. Yeah, right. You were very yeah. helpful. In them getting their message out too, which is really cool. I think that, yeah, I think you guys just kind of presented the two sides of it. One, I think there was just helping people understand, like everyone, we all heard the message, oh, restaurants are hurting, restaurants are hurting. But to actually hear from individuals who could talk about, well, the supply chain is just killing us and this is how difficult it is. Like it's not easy to just pivot from a sit-down restaurant to everything's to go. Like there's complications. I have to, you know, pay for all kinds of packaging and stuff. Now I have to completely change employee schedules. Like that was really difficult. So that was kind of interesting to get that perspective. But then also I think there was, I don't know if there's ever been a more important time in the restaurant industry to shine a light on individual restaurants and say, this is a spot you might not have checked out. Next time you're thinking about getting takeout or curbside or whatever it might be, delivery, give them a shot. Because yeah. they need your money more than a chain does. No offense to yeah. chains. They're very important and everything, but they don't have the corporate backing. Right. These individual places really, really need your help. So, so your I, show came along yeah. at the right time. I like to think so. Mm-hmm. Yes. It did. Yeah. And it got out of plan. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Everybody, everybody loves your show because it's not, you're not like a restaurant critic. No, not <clears> at all. It's a, it's a way to raise people up and put, them as, put, a, put a spotlight on them for a second, right? Yeah, and it's funny because I, I would love to talk about this actually because yeah. like I'll get people sometimes who will send me messages or, or comment on stuff that I post on Twitter or Facebook and they'll be like, you never say anything like negative. You're, you're so positive. <laughs> like you say, you say you're a restaurant critic. Well, why, why are you always just positive? I'm not a restaurant critic. I am an Omaha... What I like to call myself, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I'm an Omaha restaurant advocate. Like, I'm going to talk about the positives of the restaurant industry and positives of experiences that I have. If I have a bad experience, I'm just not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to post pictures. I'll post my reviews, what I think. People can look at those, and they can make their own determinations if they want to visit a place or not. But It's like you're following the old rule. If you don't have something positive to say, don't say anything at all. Right. nice to say, Uh, tell me. If you don't have something nice to say, tell me. Right. That's how it goes. Oh, is that what it is? (laughs) And, and it's a joke, Pat. Oh, I didn't get it. If you don't have something nice to say, tell me. <laughs> oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. I'm like, what? 
That is funny, actually. <laughs> I think that it took me a minute. That's not even a highbrow joke. I don't no, know why I missed it. It went over my head too. <laughs> okay, so good. Good. I'll just shut up. And Thanks, sit over Dan. Here and I'm never glad. Mind. I didn't feel so bad now. I do think that restaurant critics have a very important place in like the restaurant community. Like, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that job. That's just not my role. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think I like your idea of two. You'd mentioned it before. If you did have a bad experience, you tell them. Right. So then, then you come back again. Yeah. 98% of time, restaurants will do, they will bend over backwards to make your experience better. Like if you say, hey, my, my food was burnt or, you know, I didn't get what I ordered or whatever, they will give you something for free. They'll do whatever yeah. they can to make it better. If you just go on Yelp or go on a Facebook group or something and complain. <sighs> yeah. They can't do anything about it. And then you're just making them look bad in front of someone else. Like everyone has bad days. Everyone has mistakes. God knows I do. 100%. And yeah. if, man, if I had somebody going on social media and like oh putting me on oh blast every time I screw rough. up at work. There's oh. nothing you can do about it. You can't take a, you can't get rid of it. You yeah. know, it's like once it's out there, it's out there and it, it doesn't do anybody any good. Right. Ultimately. Agreed. So 100%. that's really cool. I was just looking at the list. As a matter of fact, you were our 10th podcast. Wow. When we first started. Ours being the first, Van Deep um, the second. So you were like, right. I'd even say, yeah, you're the ninth. Because we were the, well, we had to have. He was number 10. Oh, he, he was number 10? And I got Pat and JT. Oh, okay. And Van and Carol and Susan. The OGs. Um, and, right. And I'm going through the list here in Carol and the other Carol and Nick. Bah. Um, oh, Nick. Durham is in there in the bullpen. And, uh. Yeah. It's TBT. That's awesome. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to give people a little bit of perspective, like pull back the curtain, like when I first met you guys, it was over at a different location. It was in a tiny little studio that was- That was at our first location, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it at uh, the, where well, you went up an elevator or you just walked oh, in no, the front no, no, of, no, no. That's the second location. That okay, so second Yeah, because the first location. one was actually- We moved in August of that year. That's like the, right. I, and I liked our second location. Our first location I thought was better location-wise, window-wise. So yeah. we, so you, yeah, you, you saw the OG office. He probably, about two months after we moved. Yeah. But now we're in yeah. a, like a beautiful, the Herd at Media Studios. I There's know. like multiple different places that can be recorded. It's There's crazy. video recordings. Like it's green screen. It is right. and sets. So, it is so fun to see how far it's you guys fun. have come, and it's Thanks. all very well deserved. Well, thank, thank you. you. Well, it's because of people like you um, that took a chance on us. Well, they trusted <laughs> us, you know, like in like you and and we had you know yeah. people that paid us to do. Uh, podcast that was like a huge thing. Like they you trusted were, us with their money. Nick, wouldn't you say he and Nick were like they the were first the first, yeah, of the the talent? You know, we were like, you you should be able to turn this around, and we can do something with this. We can figure out a way to to make this something because you already had your blog, mm-hmm. and you'd been writing forever, and you're a great writer. It's like you had content. And it's like, now we just need to put that in right. audio. And it's like nothing nothing against the clients trusting us with their money to produce. But to me, to me, someone bringing their brand and who they are to us to trust us uh, well, to represent it, it correctly. Yeah, no, they are too. No, I know. But I'm saying like without putting any mo- any skin in the game as far as money, not payment. Like you're like, I'm totally trusting you guys to make sure this is cool and gets presented correctly. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty huge compliment mm-hmm. for it us. Was, it was really cool. That's so. a huge compliment for me that you guys are interested. <laughs> 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 we could see the writing on the wall. We were like, oh my God, he's got so much content. Right. I, this I, is so good. I still remember, I just got a random text from Matt Verzal, who you guys are <laughs> well aware of. Mm-hmm. You, he's good friends with you guys and owns Paisan's Pizzeria. And he just texted me one day and he was like, dude, you have a brand. You have something. Like, what are you going to do with it? 
And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, have, I, don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I'm just, I'm just blogging and putting stuff on my I'm website. And, and he's, and he's like, I'll get back to you. Let me handle it. And the next day we got on a call and he's like, do you know Pat and JT? They've started this podcast studio. I don't know if you have he's any. He's such a great advocate, I, right? Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. He's yeah. like, I don't know if you have any interest in doing this, but I think this would be really cool. And I was like, well, I've never thought about doing a podcast, but I, I was all in on podcasts yeah. at that point. And I listened to dozens and I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I met with you guys and man, yeah. it's just been such a blessing. I thank you so much. It's, it's, and it's also fun because I was just looking to 158 episodes mm-hmm. now. Oh, that's yes, 158 geez. episodes. Um, and how you have grown in your, in your interview style. And how you've grown, you know, as far as the, the just the conversations you have now. And, and I think that, that it's so much, it's just relaxed, it's just a conversation. And it's not an interview. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's really fun to see people grow in and learn. And you have become, you're a podcaster, full-fledged, wow. you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you came in and that wasn't your, that wasn't your wheelhouse, you know, when you came in. But you, you were like, okay, let's, I'll learn, let's do it. <laughs> and you did great. Yeah, you're doing fantastic. Thank you. So that is really cool. So how 158 podcasts? Aren't you out of restaurants yet? Good lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, like that—that's the amazing thing is there's just more and more all the time. Like I think I'm booked out right now. I've got podcasts scheduled for like the next six weeks or something, and I just continually keep adding on to that. I'll never forget after about. Two or three months of doing the podcast, my parents, I was I was out to dinner with my parents, and they were like, you know, this is really cool, like your podcast is good, but aren't you going to run out of stories to tell? And the answer is no, never. There are so <laughs> many restaurants, and, and not just restaurants, but pop-ups, coffee houses, caterers. Food trucks. Like food mm-hmm. trucks, uh, bakeries, like there are just so many different aspects of the food world that you can touch. And, and it, it's just, yeah. it's so much fun. There are so many stories to tell. So I hope I never run out of people to talk to because it seems like there's always something new going on. There's always someone reaching out saying, Hey, what's, what's the process like to get on the podcast? I'm like, I well, love that. Well, you just, you just, you just did, did it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Let's, let's get something scheduled. <laughs> you just did it. Uh-huh. Now, I love that. Do you remember the first time somebody called you about being on your podcast? Because I, I know at the very beginning, Ooh. you you reached out to people. But right. I, re- I remember you saying it. And I don't remember who it was. I just remember that people are calling me. You know, it was just like, what is going on? You know, and it was and it was an opportunity to talk to some of the people at, that maybe had smaller family owned restaurants. Um, or and, it might have been Block Sixteen. Was it Block Sixteen it, or the first people that contacted you? No, but they were the ones who opened the floodgates. Okay. okay. So look. So looking back at the start of the podcast, first of all, I, I every time I see something delicious from Block Sixteen, I've had to mute them for you thirty have to days. Block because <laughs> I just em. can't. It's like they are my. They everything that's in my head that I think is delicious. They can. Every mm-hmm. single thing has been like, oh my god, I never thought about that. Oh my god, this is amazing. I have had to. I've been trying to lose weight the last couple of months, so I had to mute because I can't do it. If That's I worked crazy. downtown, I would just be in a world of hurt. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's amazing. No money, and my jeans would be like four sizes bigger. <laughs> but but yeah, like when when my podcast started, it was a lot of me having like because I used to work in the Nebraska sports media. So I would have a lot of my friends from the media on and we'd talk about, Oh, our favorite burgers in Omaha are like, here's the origin of Runza and how that's connected to Nebraska football. But it wasn't like restaurant, actual restaurant people. We were kind of talking about the scene, but from the outside 
And I had been a huge fan of Block 16 forever, so I just kind of cold-called them and was like, hey, would you, Jess and Paul, would you like to come on the show? And they did, which was still one of my favorite episodes ever, and I've actually become very <laughs> good friends with them. But they were the ones who kind of broke down that wall because I think when the show first started, people were seeing it, but they were kind of, especially those within the restaurant industry, but they were kind of like, okay, there's some, I, I see this thing, but I don't really know what it is. I don't know who this Dan Hoppin guy is. <laughs> but when but when Jess and Paul Urban, like Block 16 is one of the pillars of Omaha's restaurant industry. When they came on, it gave legitimacy to the show. And people were like, okay, if Jess and Paul trust this guy, then this thing is yeah. kind of for real. <clears throat> and that's when I started reaching out to other restaurants and I started getting a lot more responses back. Right. And they were like, yeah, I'd love to come on the show. And I don't remember who the first one was that reached out to me, but yeah, it happens probably once every two weeks, once every three weeks or so now. And it's, that's, that's awesome. just such a blessing that, that someone would, you know, yeah, that's trust cool. this platform and want to come on and yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Well, you have, you've proven yourself as being fair and, and not only fair, but you're, you ask good questions and you, you get the conversation. You, you talk about things that probably they don't even think about talking day to day. Cause they, they probably tell their story quote unquote a thousand times, right? In the restaurant. Well, how'd you get started doing this while somebody's cutting their steak or mm -hmm. their burger or whatever. And so they tell the abbreviated elevator pitch mm -hmm. and it's like, now we get a chance to open the doors up and, and let's let this story breathe a little bit. And now tell us the real story. Mm -hmm. Tell us what's really mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. Right? Right. And, How this all happened. And one of my favorite moments in every podcast near the end, I'll ask everyone, what is the one thing about working in the restaurant industry that people who don't work in the restaurant industry don't know and you wish they did? So basically like all us just regular diners, we just come in and eat. Like what do you wish that we knew? And that – that yeah. question mm -hmm. just like totally opens the door and I see their eyes light up and because there's just all this stuff that they're back in the kitchen. They're talking about and they're like, I wish these people understood this. Like, yeah. why are they complaining about this? And that's like their opportunity to open that door and talk about it. And the just the wide array of responses you get to that question yeah. is what I loved um, so for the cool. first, I think, year, maybe I produced your show and then Cam took over producing your show. And from when I was in there during your episodes and I learned <laughs> about how passionate these uh, people are that start restaurants, not only chefs, but people, owners, cooks, whatever. They're so passionate about why they start. Um, and I don't remember who it was, but I remember specifically a, a chef you had in and it was, he was talking about how the, the food was brought when he would lived, I think it was in Italy or somewhere or in Mexico or someplace, but it was uh, uh, recipes that his grandmother and mother that he remembers them making in the kitchen. He started crying. Carlos Mendez from yes. The Hunger Block. Yes. Wow. Multiple, yeah. multiple times he uh, broke down. And it's like, man, that's the connection that we have all have to food as like end users, eaters, because we love, it's a connection for conversations. Well, for them to make it, the connection is so much deeper I wonder and it's if personal. It's, and it's the for, to make it and have people, other people enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Something it's that their like, mom made or their right? grandma made. Yeah, that, yeah. That people pay money mm -hmm. for something. Because we have that same connection like with the comfort food that we make that was grandma's recipe. But we aren't making it for the masses. Mm -hmm. and, and unknown people, you know, and, and hoping that they like yeah. what grandma did. So I learned, that's something I learned just being yeah. in there, that if there's such an emotional connection with owners and chefs. Well, I think it, that's what's really fun, especially with some of those more ethnic restaurants where it's like, 
if you hadn't opened this restaurant or started this pop-up or whatever the concept is, if you hadn't done this, no one in Omaha would be able to have this food. Mm-hmm. Like you are the only, you introduced. That's a big deal. Hun- yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people to this food and they wouldn't have tried, they wouldn't have been able to try it if not for you. And like, I think sometimes that moment just like. It's overwhelming. It, yeah. It, it hits people <laughs> like a thunderbolt and they're yeah. like, oh shoot. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Or maybe they have thought about it. And yeah, there are those moments where they're just like, yeah, I'm just so blessed to be able to have this opportunity to share this thing that's so special yeah. to me because Food, yes, at the end of the day, it, it, it's calories and it's something that just keeps our bodies going. But like you just said, Pat, it can be so much more. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be somebody's lifeblood. It can be yeah. their the story that connects them to their family, to their, to their past. Country. Yeah, mm-hmm. to their country. Exactly. Well, speaking of which, too, do you have any idea how many different ethnicities, as far as the different types of food, that you've you've talked to people? Because Omaha is a melting pot. When it, when a literally melting pot when it comes to the number of restaurants that come from other countries, um, other other cultures, um, it's crazy how many there are, and, and they're around every corner. And it's like, oh, that's another family that mm-hmm. started that restaurant. That's another family that started that one. Yeah, I was uh, I was eating yesterday at El Basha. It's a Mediterranean grill that specializes in Lebanese food, and I was excellent, excellent place. Like without you, I would never have known that even existed. Nope. <laughs> so I mean, that's like that's a, another service of your podcast. You're exposing people to places that we I would never go never into of. that ever. Right, yeah. but it sounds good. But I was sitting there and I'm I'm eating like beef shawarma and uh, this this fried cauliflower with this lemon. It, it was delicious, and I was just like, I'm sitting in the middle of Omaha, Nebraska, eating food from Lebanon. I couldn't even. Find Lebanon on a map if I wanted to. <laughs> totally. And I, and, and I, I get like, the what? chance to eat this food. Like, that is so cool. Or yeah. uh, on one of my yeah. recent episodes, I had um, guys from Sofra Crepery on. So they, they take crepes and they, they stuff them with sweet and savory ingredients. Excellent place in the Interrail Food Hall. But it's started by these cousins from Albania. <laughs> and they just, they were like, hey, we are... Like in Eastern Europe, crepes are just a thing. Like you just get crepes on the corner, you grab one and go, and you just eat it on the run and everything. That's com- that's a completely foreign concept to most of America, certainly to Omaha. And these cousins were just like, let's try it in a different part of the world. And so they brought it to Omaha, like from, from Albania. Right. How did cool they throw is a, that? Did they throw a dart or why did they come here? So, Why Omaha? Is there a cousin so, here or something? Yeah, one, one, <laughs> right, one, a random cousin? Well, one of the cousins, he moved to Omaha. His family moved to Omaha when he was young. Okay. But then the other one was still living in Albania. And so he basically, the one who was in Omaha reached out to him and he was like, hey, do you want to come over here and start this a crepe concept? <laughs> Like, what? And so random. <laughs> Nobody else is doing it. Let's right. do it. Yeah. No one is doing it. Because over it, there, he'd be, they'd be like a needle in a needle stack. Oh, right? yeah. Like, it's, like a, it's like a burger joint. You yeah. have, you've got one on every corner. And here, everybody, it's funny. You know, they're talking about like, oh, yeah, you know, with a filled crepe, you just pick it up and eat it with your hands. But when people get them over here, they have no idea. So they're using a fork Forks. and a knife yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's just totally new. But that's what's funny. so fun is... Yeah, something from something that's normal in an uh, in a different part of the world, you can introduce it to a totally new community, and mm-hmm. people are just like, I don't know what yeah. this is, but it tastes really good. It's, and the yeah. community is really open to that too. Um, oh, absolutely. Omaha does a does a fantastic job of supporting 
the restaurants that come from that, that are foreign foods, completely foreign to them that they've never tried before. Um, what's the, what's the, what's the food that stands out to you that you'd never tried before? Um, along with crepes, um, <laughs> or, or anything like that, but something you thought you never thought you would have eaten or you never thought you would have had the opportunity yeah. to try. Oh boy, I could I could I go you, you a could long a list. list. I could go a lot of <laughs> yeah, different directions with that. Because it's like for a lot of people, the only thing they they eat is is to go have a burger, mm-hmm. go have a steak. Um, it's the typical happy sides. hour fries, right? Salad, right? Potatoes. You get in your rut. You never and, get you never go to places like you just mentioned, right? And you're looking for the best place to go have a steak, and it's like, well, you you, you can only cook a steak so many ways. And granted, there are some great places that have steaks. Yeah, but let's try something a little bit different, right? Um, yeah, I mean, like the first one that comes to mind is the first time I ever had a tartare was at Dario's. And that's raw beef, right? Is yes. Beef tartare. Tar- yes. Does that mean like raw-raw or what's tartare mean? Tartare no, no, means raw-raw. It's raw. It's raw beef that's cut up very finely, and then you can eat it with toast points or, or whatever you want. But it started by, again, a guy named Dario Shakay, who was born in Bosnia. Wow. And and he brought that and you can get tartare at several several restaurants like that's it's not specific to Dario's but that's where I had it and that was just like it was something totally new and foreign and but it yeah. but it was exciting. <laughs> and 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 that's just an example of something or like I'm an absolute obsessive for momos now. Momos are these things they're from um Nepal actually. They're they're a style of dumpling. So it's the, it's these little like plump little pockets of of, <laughs> of dough that are filled with either pork or chicken or I bet that's awesome. You can get a vegan option at at Kathmandu Momo Station, which is the restaurant that I'm talking about, and then they have different sauces that go with them. I would have no idea what a Momo is if not for this place. And now I'm like obsessed. And if Where I is this place, it's at it the sounds amazing. There's one in Blackstone, and then there's another location in the Interrail Food Hall. And okay. yeah, it, I've never, like, that's That's what, where I've seen, I've seen yeah. that before at Interrail. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of the places where, th- there are some restaurants where I'll send people to, and I'm like, okay, I really like this place. You might not like it. Kathmandu Momo Station has, like, a 100% hit rate. Anyone <laughs> I send there, they come back to me and say, this Love is it. so good. Because yeah. who doesn't like dumplings? Well, that's, I was right. just, when you were describing them, that made me think of, is uh, Polish food, like, is it pierogies? Very similar Pier- to pierogies, yes. Like that? Yes. That, uh, there were a lot, my neighbors, uh, Polish history, right? And so they, they celebrate all the Polish holidays, and I got, I got taken to all the, all the Polish holidays, and he plays in a polka band. I mean, it is legit. And um, and I got introduced to a lot of foods that I had never had before when you go to the churches or the festivals or any of that stuff. And that was one of them. And it's like, are you kidding me? So amazing. Uh-huh. These are so Dumplings good. Those are incredible. Right? And those pierogies are, and, and there are de- several different kinds you can get. It just depends what you want to stuff them with. Right. But like when you mentioned them, mm. I'm like, wait a minute, that's interesting. Because I'm sure that there are variations in different countries. I'm actually salivating. I'm so hungry. <laughs> like I, it seriously sounds so amazing. <laughs> I love that. Now you, okay, let's just talk about your vocabulary. How much has it changed over the last 158 episodes? Your knowledge base and understanding where things are. Are you better with a map? Um, yes, much better okay. with a map. <laughs> Honestly... <laughs> I'm kind of terrified, dude. Like, if I were to go back and listen to some of the first episodes just to no. hear, like, how little I knew about the restaurant That's industry. That's what was so, in char- so so endearing, though, to a degree. But you were you were already very knowledgeable because you had 
a huge amount of content right. that you have on more your than blog. the av- the average person. Yes, for sure. So, Definitely. So I'll I'll bring up a specific story that is just hilarious now. But <laughs> one one of my, the first chefs that I had on was David Utterback from Yoshitomo, a James Beard nominated chef. Like Omaha does not deserve him. <laughs> like he he, is, he could cook anywhere in the world. He's amazing. But I had him on, and he does this thing in his restaurant called a nomakase, which is like a private dinner where he prepares all your sushi right in front of you and then hands it to you like 20 different rolls over the course of like four hours. It's amazing. One of the best dining experiences of my life. But I was asking him about this, and I'd never actually heard the word omakase pronounced. So I'm asking (laughs) him, and I was like, uh... So I'm, I was like, so tell me about this omakase. Am I, am I saying that right? And he just kind of looked at me and totally deadpan just goes, no. <laughs> Not even close. And like didn't laugh, didn't give me anything. Oh, no. He's just like, who is this kid? Oh, no. Why is he? But I will never mispronounce that word That's again. That's funny. <laughs> but the, there are so many examples of just like little things like that or just kind of understanding you know the difference between the front and the back of the house you know uh you know kind of what i was talking about before like the different like just the vast difference between doing to-go orders versus orders in-house like it Mm. seems like it would be so simple it's like oh instead of taking it to the table you just put it in a to-go box that's all it is there's so much more that goes into it and when restaurants had to pivot in the pandemic to offering to-goes that was like a massive, massive shift where they had to retrain staffs and do all this stuff. So there are just little things like that, that as someone who, as someone who hasn't worked in the restaurant industry, you wouldn't think that at all. You would think it's easier. Like, Oh, this is cake. They don't have to have worry about cleaning tables. They just pack it up to go. I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of, we talked to, and I can't say his name, um, Porky Butts. Blaine, 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 yes. We had him on uh, when things were just starting, and they were just starting to pivot, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out how to do it, mm-hmm. and and di- and did a fabulous job of curbside. And and to this day, I think they still do curbside. You yeah. know, it's like mm-hmm. you do have to go inside to grab it, but it's still very popular. But um, that was something I think he said that was on their their long term plan was they wanted to start it to go, but they hadn't made that adjustment yet, and then they had to. Flip it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do it or close the doors. Right. Or you're done. Or you're done. Talk about a pressure cooker of a situation. Mm-hmm. To try and keep those employees. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. And just, and like and your dream, like you started, like it's Blaine specifically it was on so the, many the, the, the tours for so long of, uh, you know, the barbecue, barbecue tours and finally decided to, you know, open up a shop. And then all of a sudden the, the, pandemic hits it's like for people like yeah. that their dreams are all literally on the line like talk about yeah. all that pressure right all that pressure of his dream and all the people he's supporting right, right? oh my gosh it's just an, it's i want to i want to dumb it down just a little bit okay well, so i want to i want to i want to <laughs> see if um do you ever just like trash eat like have you when was the last time you had chicken nuggets in an air fryer at your house from Costco <laughs> or something like you seem super fancy with your food like wh- i want to know like the last time you ate something that was just like a taquito from a box at walmart or and then your favorite <laughs> fast food place so that almost never happens. I was okay. going to say, uh, why would you, you know, and seriously, and I'm thinking he knows all these great restaurants. Right. But like at sometimes after work, you're like, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want some taquitos. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's why. It's not because I, because I'm too good for taquitos or chicken nuggets because I, I can crush yeah. stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. I love it. Here's the thing though. I'm usually eating out at restaurants three to four times a week. 
and I watch my health very, very closely, especially my, my family has bad heart history. So like eating out is delicious. It's generally not healthy. I right. mean, if you see the amount of butter <laughs> that go, oh, yeah, into, that go into your dishes, yeah. you start thinking a lot. So when I'm not eating out, my wife and I eat very clean at home. We do a lot of sandwiches, salads, <laughs> rice bowls, like pretty healthy things. So we're not diving into a lot of taquitos, a lot of taquitos <laughs> and, and, really and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I will get down on that stuff sometimes. And like we, we actually did just get an air fryer. And so we've started using that quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll like, we'll make our own chicken fingers and reheat pizza and stuff in there like that. But <laughs> It, so I, I don't eat a ton of that stuff, but it's not because I'm above it. It's just because For your health. I'm, yeah, I'm you're trying, like, I'm trying not smart. to weigh 400 pounds you're and being, die when I'm 35. Well, it is. I mean, you think about it. You only need so many calories, right? And you're thinking, okay, where do I want to spend my calories? Where do I want to spend my calories mm-hmm. each day? And you have an option of block 16 or a taquito. I go block 16 all day long. What about like fast food? Like if you had to go to a fast food place right now, you're like, I want, I need fast food. I'm going to the airport and I'm late or whatever. This is so shameful. (laughs) And I'm, I'm sad to even admit it, but I Taco Bell. Yeah. It's, it's, I I know it's like not even real meat. I know, I know that it's garbage, but it (laughs) is, I I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Taco Bell. I I can acknowledge that it's trash food. I don't even care. It doesn't even so matter good. does it you I know what can... i'm so mad about i got sick not long ago after i ate there i don't know that i can blame it on it but my body does. Oh, i think you can probably yeah we can probably feel I, pretty comfortable i can't even <laughs> i can't even think about going through the drive-thru oh it's like, really oh that's even, unfortunate can't even think about it that that's, yeah that it's stinks. it's done probably oh. good for your health though. i mean yeah <laughs> you just yeah, go to the next health. i just go to the next block and there's another restaurant whatever they didn't hurt me so uh, something else I thought was really cool about your relationship with us and Restaurant Hopping and everything is that when you started your show, we had no idea that you worked at Herdat. So the fact that you were in there and you were producing and working at Herdat, and we kind of told talked to you about yeah. the, the possibility of acquiring our company, like, wait, I work at Herdat. Like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So it's just one of those things that with with our Parkville company and our podcast company and then us coming over to Herd at, it was such a God thing that it was, there were so many synchronicities along the way that looking back, it's we're crazy. like, well, obviously this was meant to be because this happened, this happened, this happened. You were at Herd at, it was just crazy. I know. Yeah. I, I remember when you, when you told me that, that like those conversations <laughs> were happening, it was just like. What? Uh-huh. So like my my two worlds were just like colliding together yeah. at once. It was it was insane, and unfortunately, like I, I didn't have the opportunity to work at her at like w- after you guys moved in here, or else I could just like literally walk across the office right, and just right? start recording <laughs> right. podcasts. That uh-huh. would have been amazing. It was yeah. yeah. You you shifted gears um about what last year about yeah year, about a year ago a actually year ago? yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it was before we got in here. But yeah, we did for a while there. That's what's so cool. Yeah, it's so, so cool. cool. It is. I was going to tell you, I, I saved this. So I'll send this to you for your air fryer. Uh, and it Ooh. works is a way to cook if you like hard-boiled eggs. Okay. how to cook hard-boiled eggs in an air fryer. Perfect. We're always looking for new recipes. Like, right? I was so hesitant <laughs> to get an air fryer. My wife has been, like, she's been talking about it for probably like six months. And she mm-hmm. keeps like dropping the hints. And I'm like, this is just going to be 
another one of those appliances that sits on our counter for a while <laughs> and then we don't use it and then we put it in storage and it just sits yeah. in there just like the stupid Instapot. Uh, I hate the Instapot. <laughs> we use it one time. That thing's I scary. I, I was wrong. Sarah, you were right. We use the air fryer three to four times a week at least. It's yeah. so easy. It's the e- best way yeah. to reheat Yeah, even anything. if we're just reheating something. Yeah. Like we, we've done actual yeah. recipes. Actually, salmon is great in the air yes. fryer. Yeah. But even if you're just reheating stuff, it's so superior to the microwave. It's oh my God. All, and it, it tastes almost yeah. like you just brought it from the restaurant. Yeah. It, not, makes, it makes no sense. It's it perfect for French right? fries. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, cup, cutting up a potato Crispy. and crisping up mm-hmm. the potatoes. It's, mm-hmm. it's Reheating amazing. steak, yeah. reheating. I mean, anything. It doesn't do what the microwave does to it. My favorite thing, and we're doing it tomorrow is uh and i found it on tiktok a months ago and i've done it a few times since with pork chops and mm-hmm. chicken and then we're doing steak tomorrow is getting uh new york strips and cutting them into one inch cubes yeah. and putting them in there eight minutes on 400 degrees with little teriyaki sauce and it's medium rare and it's delicious and it's delicious eight, eight minutes too. i mean I've for god's sake eight good. minutes yeah cooking steak in that is just like is, is it's a, I'm insane. trying that. I'm stealing it. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> amazing. amazing. And you put a, whatever salt, like there are tons of sugar-free sauces and marinades you can uh-huh. put on there so you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. There yeah. you go. But mm-hmm. that that truly, and, and I don't care that it sits on my counter all the time. Right, me either. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it, it's a welcome addition to <laughs> right? the counter. Isn't I, the, I have it on there with isn't pride. Isn't the Instapot scary to use? Like it's so confusing and scary and <laughs> I venting. And I, I hate it. I <laughs> hate it. We've tried using it four times. One time we made an amazing risotto was delicious. Mm-hmm. The other three times it has failed completely. It is <laughs> ruined like specialty meats that I've ordered. Oh my god. It's overcooked them or it will just it I mm-hmm. it's my enemy. It's a pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. <laughs> their fryer is awesome. Yeah, Instapot it's, not that, so much. Instapot is somebody you dated in high school and then you met the hot chick in college. You're like, that's it. I'm dating, <laughs> that's it. I'm dating, the, air, I'm dating the air fryer now. Not going back. No, nope. <laughs> she was cool, but nah. I, I'm sure it's user error. I'm sure the Instapot can be great and I'm just an idiot and can't figure mm-hmm. it out. But I, it yeah. and I are just meant to be mortal enemies, I think. Right? I'm with you. I, I, I didn't even go down that road. I, I looked at him. And I yeah, thought about not it. Worth it. And I'm you like, don't mm, need it, Jill. I don't. think I'm going to stick nope. with Too much my, stress. Too much pressure. Air fryer mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. good to go. All right. So who's who's coming up on your show? I mean, there, are there any shows we should be watching for or any that you want to point to people to of the 158 that are already <laughs> out there? Um, you've got some really popular ones. Um, City Cafe was a really popular one when you talked to Don and Adam. Oh, I loved them. Yeah, from Newman Grove. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing how so many people in Omaha – know and love of this tiny little cafe in Newman Grove. But yeah, that, that was, that was one of my most popular right? episodes. That was that, a really good and one. And Verzel. Yeah. Uh, oh, Paisons, Verz. Right? Yeah, and, and so Paisons and, and City Cafe work together, mm-hmm. which is it's crazy, crazy, but they do. Cause he'll go up there and get pies, uh-huh. literal pies and take them pizzas. Yeah. Pies. So, <laughs> uh, one that, I mean, I, I love all my episodes, love all my guests, at the same level, but there's one that I do definitely want to point to that's coming out soon, and that is Michelle Alfaro. It's will probably release. I think it's on Thursday, if I have my timing right. But she she just opened this concept called Sauce by Alfaro, and she's like long time career long like working in the corporate world, but always loved cooking and making salsas and everything on the side. And eventually she was one of those people who just said, you know what? I don't love the corporate world. I love cooking. I'm, I'm going to dive into this and I'm going to try it. And so she's doing a, a pop-up right now. She's popping up in a bar 
in Louisville, Nebraska, like so random. And she has this insane following on Facebook. Like, I mean, she will sell out, like people will have to wait hours on Friday and Saturday night to get their hands on her food. I gotta look her up. It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's so good. Her story is amazing. She's just like the sweetest person you'll ever meet. And that's, she's like the epitome of why I like doing this podcast. And And I love, 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 love talking to the block 16s and the porky butts and <laughs> the square donuts of this world, like all these places that are well known. But I just finding the people who just the random little pop-ups or mom yeah, and pop cool. restaurants or whatever it is. And hearing just these crazy stories of how they got started. That to me is where this podcast really excels and shines because it shines a light on places that people may never have even heard of before and now you not only hear about it but you hear that person's story in their words which i think is really cool yeah exactly exactly i found it sauced sauced by alfaro yes fantastic okay i'm following now yeah along with all those thousands of other people some of the best burgers i've ever had really the the last burger i had there it's gonna sound insane screwball Peanut butter whiskey burger. Oh, I bet that's good. Unbelievable. <laughs> it, it's, it sounds bizarre. It's, I love peanut butter on a burger, it's, though. It's <laughs> one of those things on paper. It should not work. And it you, ta- you taste it, and you're just like, it works. I don't know how. I don't want to know how. Is it, like a, yeah. is it like on a sauce, or is it mixed into the burger? No, it, it's a sauce. So, like, screwball peanut butter whiskey is like a thing. Mm-hmm. So, she makes a sauce out of that. Then she, can... then she has, like, a bacon marmalade that she puts on there and and strips of bacon is it hot oh yeah like spicy literally was just talking about this with somebody like 30 minutes before you got here this morning because they were looking for a spicy bacon sauce a a bacon what'd you call it like a marmalade marmalade yeah Yeah. that's what they were talking about a spicy bacon and they were out of it so they had to get the habanero or something mm-hmm. like that and they, mm-hmm. they were thoroughly disappointed <laughs> now i gotta show her this because i i found i found the spot because they were not yep that's what she was looking for uh-huh. she needs to make for her charcuterie of, board that she was i hate uh, that okay. word by the way of all the restaurant charcuterie ter- charcuterie, charcuterie just board sounds, I, I always say it incorrectly Meat and cheese board. and it just sounds gross <laughs> it just sounds gross it's not the most appealing word no is it's it? just no. so gross it's harsh and i noticed your ring fell off your finger you eat more taquitos it won't <laughs> I'm just saying. I need to fatten these fingers up a little bit. Instead, yeah, instead of getting my ring tightened, I need to right. just have some taquitos. Eat a little bit more, less time taquitos. on the elliptical. Yes. Right. Oh my god. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, we appreciate it. Buddy. Um, and and so happy for all your success, and and can't wait to see what the next 158 bring. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're just you're rocking. Well, I want to say thank you to you. I mean, none of this happens without you guys. You guys oh. took a chance on me and said, you know what, we're gonna provide this platform to this kid we don't we don't know we don't know him but we're going to give him a shot and i i owe all my success to you so thank you very much well, well you got it buddy we appreciate very we, proud of your show we saw what you were made of yeah and verse told us too and verse scares us yeah, we're, we're scared of verse. at the end of the day yeah, yeah. Be, be scared of verse and trust him. uh if you're sitting back thinking god i want to open a restaurant i want to do something like that you could always call centrus 
Oh, Centris Federal Credit Union. Mm -hmm. They're our sponsors. They're our partners all of 2022. And they could help you with something like that if you've got a dream. Maybe you want to take like some of your, uh, maybe it's a home equity loan that you want to use some of that to open up a pop-up, whatever. Maybe it's been your dream. They could help you. As a matter of fact, check their blog this month and they talk about home equity loans. They talk about lines of credit. They talk about all this and find the the product that's right for you. And uh, maybe that's, that's what you should do. Dip into the house a little bit. Yep. And uh, start that dream. That's right. right? You can go to the website. Uh, um, cr- uh, I, almost, I always want to say Creighton. F- it's not Creighton. It's, it's Centris. CentrisFCU.org <laughs> 402-334-7000 is where you can call a human being. Dan, hey. thanks again for coming in, buddy. Thank you so Thank much, you. guys. My pleasure. Thank you guys for listening. And follow us on social. It's Pat and JT. Pat and JT Podcast. A Huda Media Production.